Welcome to the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, where it's all about slashing your debt and taxes and creating a liberated lifestyle. And now, your host, with a love of fantasy books and funk, and a hatred of running more than three miles, Dave Denniston. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping doctors like you slash your debt, slash your taxes, and live a liberated lifestyle. Well, this is likely my final episode of season seven, or season six, and we're going to be premiering episode uh, season seven in uh, in the next next month. And um, as as I reflect back on on this season, I really had started recording these. Oh, I think over a year ago. It's it's late January 2022 right now. We're wrapping up the month of January. Bad um, week in the financial markets. Bad month in the financial markets. I think the the S and P is down eight percent, nine percent or so as of the the time of this recording, and. Um, it certainly makes me reflect on what a run the markets have had the last few years. And I'm so excited to be able to talk about this stuff now when we're going to have more market-focused, timely conversations and thoughts and, and strategies on a go-forward basis as as I have my, my own RIA where I can decide what I want to talk about and when I want to talk about and all that kind of stuff. Well, in this episode today... I wanted to talk a little bit about my financial experiments and to give you an update on on what's been going well, what what hasn't been going well, some of the the numbers behind that. Uh, I've certainly alluded to some of this in in prior episodes, uh, like the last episode we just did on my adventures in uh, in tax liens. So. Um, I really feel lucky and blessed just in how well things have gone um, all across. You know, I think um, I I continue to think about what I want to do and how I want to expand and grow as a person um, in, in emotional, spiritual, physical ways, as well as my financial portfolio and what, what that all should look like. To give you guys an idea of what's been, been going on in, in uh, my life, um, so my, my financial planning business has, has done great. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to talk numbers about that, that here, but uh, certainly was a great year last year, and who, who knows what we're in for this year. Not a good start to the year, like I mentioned in, in the, the stock world. But hey, as a long-term investor, it's, as long as you got years to go, I guess it's not that big of a deal, right? Um, I have all of my other companies besides my financial planning business that I work towards um, making, putting less and less time in those things and having them be more and more profitable. Two really good things to shoot for. Um, so what, what's happened in the last year is the, um, if you've been following this podcast for a while, I think it was back in season two, like five years ago when I recorded them, that my um, cousin and I acquired 
City um, Building Kit, which is a mobile gaming kit business, existing business that um, specializes in helping developers with all this code. And I've talked about before how, how that business just um, continues to decline and, and um, how my, 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 certainly my passion for it is low and the time I invest into it is, is low and my cousin is, is doing all the same. And so um, I, we thought last year about letting it go. This year we definitely are. We're either going to wrap it up uh, or sell it. And the, the bad news is if you look at a graph, you know, you imagine if you start up high in a graph and slowly declining down to zero, that's kind of what we've been working towards. Amazingly, we still get, get sales every single month. I think um, last year I ended up making uh, six or seven or eight thousand dollars off of it. So that was cash flow to me. So hey, you know, that's that's no small number that many people would be very grateful for. I think if you looked at since we started in it, uh, we are close to break even now. So uh, we hold on this year. We should actually have a profit in the business, but but not a major one. You know, if we sell it let's say for $5,000 or $10,000 or something like that, uh, we will have some decent profits uh, out of that. I'm a 40% owner in that business, so you know, you're talking about, um, what would that be about? Probably, I invested 20 grand into it originally, so you know, if we made 10,000 bucks, if I made 10,000 bucks on it at the end of the day, that would be a 50% rate of return of investment over five or six years, which ain't too bad, but a lot of work to get there. Frankly, I probably would have been better off investing in a um, high tech uh, index or something like that in the stock market versus what happened. Although I think if I had invested more time and effort into it, you know, that, that really could have been multiplied. But I'm not a programmer and I'm glad I did it. Um, as, as I look at, at this intersection of what are my skills, what am I, what do I enjoy and what makes me money? I've really, um, doubled and tripled down on what's doing well for me, which is my financial planning business, the, um, the land business and different strategies within the land business to make money. I'm going to talk at the end of this podcast of some of the, the things that I plan on doing in the future that, um, that hopefully you might be interested in and, and might have some thoughts and, and questions about too. The, the um, outside of, of that particular business, City Building Kit, Developer Clash, the, um, let's talk about, about the, the land business a little bit. So I had... Um, my my existing land business generation family properties you can check it out at genfamproperties.com or if you want something a little shorter genfamland.com genfamland.com that's my land business that i started 5 years ago now a little under 5 years ago and has has really gone gangbusters um the the amount of of um land that I've bought, the amount of land that we've sold has, has really been, been uh, amazing and, and uh, shocks me at every turn. 
to give you an idea, in 2018, we bought 44 properties. We sold 51. In 2019, we bought 110. We sold 99. In 2020, we bought 146, and we sold 278. In 2021, last year, I bought 476 properties. I sold 321. And not only did I have the, uh, that increase in sales, uh, we have a whole portfolio of notes. Sometimes we sell things for cash. Sometimes we, we sell them for monthly payments. And in that business now, uh, we have a total of 328 notes that pays um, to the company expected revenue of $64,000 a month, a month. Um, and that's not including the cash sales, down payments, document fees, some of the stuff that goes on there. Um, that's, that's an increase from the end of 2020. We had um, net revenue to me of about 30,000, that increased to about 45,000. So the recurring revenue grew by almost $15,000 a month in a year. So I feel very lucky, very blessed um, with, um, with that. And that was after partner payouts and, and um, um, property taxes and HOA dues and stuff like that, the number I just gave, that's, that's net um, to me before some of my other costs of, of software and property acquisition and, and all those kinds of things that, that happen. Um, so that's grown by an awful lot and it just, it just came natural to me. You know, I think, um, as you look at these side hustles, the, the question starts to become what's natural to you. You know, this business, I grew from zero to $1.75 million in revenue within, uh, four years, four years, um, we, we built that up a little over four years to get to that point. Um, and so um, who knows what this year is going to hold. Um, the, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens. You know, I'm, I'm setting a lower bar for this year than, than I did last. You know, I'm hoping we can match the revenue, um, but I, my number of sales and buys is lower. I'm hoping for 120 buys and 240 sales which uh, the 240 sales we, we've gotten uh, every year since 2020, but I really sense that um, a lot of people have bought land the last few years, and perhaps that's taken away from some of the, the future ones. So we'll see what happens. You know, it's, uh, it's an interesting business, uh, one, one that's done really well for me and raised my tax bracket, and it's so hard to plan. Now, when I mentioned doubling and tripling down, um, I've had a few really good friends that I have, have co-founded other land businesses with on top of this one. So everything I just gave for you is for Generation Family Properties. The two new ones are Family Freedom Lands, familyfreedomlands.com if you want to check it out, and southernfamilylands.com. Now, why did I choose to start two new ones rather than just expanding the other one? Um, a big one being that um, these guys wanted to, to fund a bunch of deals for me. And we got to be good friends, and it really was the next logical step. 
And it allowed me to completely share in all the costs of the business, the commission, the, the land acquisition, the, um, the, the mailings that we do, all of that stuff we really got to share. And uh, those companies got off to a, a great start as well in family freedom lands last year, which was our, our, our first um, really year, year in business. I'm sorry, 2021 was our, our first year in business. We bought 60 properties and we sold 52. So of course, of course nowhere near the volume <clears throat> of generation family properties, but a really amazing start. I think our revenue there was like 400,000. And um, so, so we did really, really well. And Southern Family Lands uh, was, a, was a little more of a, of a slower start relatively. We bought 38 properties, we sold 36. And um, man, it's, it's exciting to see what's happened there and, and um, to continue to, to think and plan for the future with all of these companies. And you can imagine, that you know my my really main thing of course is financial planning and all of these other things can be a distraction and so throughout 2021 the question i kept asking myself is what can i train someone else to do and so um just this last year i gave over a couple of things that were very very hard for me to but were necessary so I, one of the things I decided to do was to hand over the, the paying of quite a few property taxes. And so I, I promoted one of my intake managers to be a general manager. And I gave her a credit card through a company called Bento, which it can only be charged what's available on it. So I can control that amount. So she just doesn't have free reign to charge whatever. Um, so I have to reload it from time to time and I can easily see on that one credit card what she's, she's charging. It's really more like a debit card than a, a credit card. Um, so if you're looking for, for something that um, you can control spending on, you know, I really recommend Bento. Um, that's been a really wonderful tool for me personally, uh, to be able to give up the control without giving access to my bank account. So that was really awesome. Uh, some of the other things that I did was hiring more people, giving more hours to some of the existing people. And now in 2022, some of the things that I have been doing are um, is now for those same intake managers. Before I was downloading the data, I was scrubbing the data, I was... Um, setting the mailing schedule and preparing the offers, um, all those kinds of, of different things. And um, then getting it to the, the intake managers after that. Well, now it's going to be their job to um, do all those things. So just this week, literally, I have been training them on it. And I think that should allow me to really reduce my time with the idea of them approving one another's deals. So I think as, as a business owner, you know, my goal is to keep my day job, which is being a financial planner, uh, while at the same time growing these other companies, which, which are like my growth stock. And now a commercial break. Well, my friends, you have 
probably heard, I am now a completely independent financial advisor. And, and as the time that uh, I, I am recording this, the stock market is down. Uh, there's a lot of question in terms of where is the market going? Where should I be investing my money? There's no better time than now to get a review of your portfolio and make sure that you are set up properly. As a matter of fact, tax season is around the corner too. Maybe you're looking for some tax, tax strategies and hints and you want someone to talk it over with besides your CPA. Feel free to give my assistant Kyla a call at 612 284-2409 to set up a free 30-minute strategy session with me. Again, call 612-284-209 to set up a free 30-minute strategy session with me. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. And now back to the show. The other main thing I've been doing is uh, diversifying how I acquire land, which I've gotten more and more into tax deed auctions, tax lien auctions, and um, of course, mailings like we do, and buying wholesale. So I've really, I've really found whole different ways to acquire land. In 2021, we participated in the Mojave County Tax Deed Auction. Through Generation Family Properties, we bought over 300 properties at auction. So a huge chunk of what you saw last year were tax deeds. Uh, I did an episode last week about tax liens. Um, I believe... In tax lien foreclosures, those really just started closing last year. Let me pull up the numbers for that. Well, I'm pulling up the, the numbers for that. Um, I will say that um, I really have a, a, a not really a strong vision for... Um, where I want to see things to go, because right now I've been so involved in the business. You know, I, I think it's really kind of been capped by the amount of time that I have into it. Uh, there's also the question of capital and how much money to invest and stuff like that. So that's a bit of a struggle for me, you know, and, and really um, this year, heck, if we can do what we did last year, I would be a very happy guy. And of course, we're going to continue to try and grow, but uh, my expectations are relatively low. So we'll see what happens. Um, in the last year, from May through January of 2022, I foreclosed on 57 tax liens. So all 57 properties got added to our inventory. So again, a really important and huge shot in the arm for doing it. Uh, one of them I know we ended up buying for about 3K through tax liens, and we sold for cash for 15 so that's really working out marvelously well. And I'm just very proud and happy of, of how that's gone. Um, as, I look, as I look towards the future, so that, that's, that's kind of what's been going on the last year and some of the numbers of what's been happening. Uh, as I look towards the future, certainly um, expanding my financial planning business, expanding the land businesses um, for a personal goal, we're, we're actually going to be looking to pay off our mortgage. Despite a, a very low interest rate, I'm just very concerned about the future and what's going to be happening in the U.S. and in the world. And as a business owner, you know, there's no one paying a W-2 for me except myself. And so I want a contingency in place for what if um, our cash flow decreases significantly. 
And I feel that's going to help us do that. So we've been making major strides towards that personally. Uh, we've also continued to, to work towards maximizing employee and employer contributions for myself and my wife, which um, tying that with paying down the mortgage is a little tricky. But my hope is we can do what I've talked about in my book, The Freedom Formula for Physicians, a number of different times, is establish a cash balance or defined benefit plan. And my plan there is going to be to invest into tax liens through that plan, as well as through funding deals for other land investors. So that's going to be another way I kind of add to the land stuff, but through a retirement account is by funding deals for other people. You cannot fund your own deals. It has to be other people's stuff. On top of that, I've talked about before on here, one of the, the big things I desire is to own a building. And I've been thinking about how do I do that? Um, as part of, of what led to the breakup of my prior financial planning partnership, that was a big thing. I wanted to get real estate. And I think um, one of the other partners in particular didn't have cash. And um, now as I'm sitting here by myself uh, in, in uh, um, my own um, RIA, where I, I don't have to run those decisions by people, uh, I decided I really needed to get my feet under me. And so um, buying it by myself rather than with a group of people, um, I decided to give myself five years to do that. So we're moving into some office space here in Bloomington. I've been uh, renting a, a temporary spot month to month while the build out is happening. So it's going to be done in, in April and um, we'll be moving into the new space for five years. And in that time period, as we have paid off our mortgage, hopefully, um, I am going to be looking to buy a self-storage facility that can double as having office space. I thought, why not knock out two things at once? Now, why self-storage, you may ask? Well, I think several reasons. Um, number one is I want to um, be able to, to invest in real estate where we don't have all the tenant issues that you have with residential real estate. We've seen with COVID and, and many other cases, you know, the regulations when you own apartment buildings or single family homes and you're renting them out really tends to favor the renter and not the rentee. And I think that's just going to continue that way. Uh, perhaps as, as the wealth gap just continues to, to increase in our country. Number two, um, being some some other um, real estate possibilities, like let's say a, a commercial space. Um, right now, you know the there's a lot of questions of how much space do companies need here in the the office building I'm at. Um, there, it's a 16-story office building, and half of the floors are vacant right now. Now, I believe some of those people. Um, there's one particular company that that has leased out half of it, and apparently they're they're going to be ending their lease. And um, 
the the effects of COVID and what happens with commercial. Um, I think smaller spaces are going to be more attractive. I think as physicians, you know, surgery centers are going to be amazing. I think um, renting to other other doctors in an office space is a great way to go for a medical office building. But in terms of traditional office, you know, the I really see a lot of downsizing and changing, which could lead to opportunities. Um, but self-storage to me really um, is needed. People have so much stuff. It's easy to evict the tenant. Uh, you don't have all of the laws and, and stuff. Um, and it, it cash flows tremendously well. It's considered very safe even in a, in a downturn situation. And um, why not? just office out of the same building. Might have to change it up, do a good deal of build out or expansion to um, house what I wanna house. And guess what? Hey, I'm gonna be paying about 3,500, 4,000 a month rent in my current building. So my question is, well, what else could I do with $4,000 a month? And my answer is, um, heck, if, if the storage can pay for itself and, uh, 4000 a month pays for the office space. Well, now I'm building equity every month. So that is something that I, that I really hope to be able to do in the next few years. Um, and I have a few years with which to build up the capital. It's not cheap when you're looking at self-storage facilities. You know, it's not unusual to be paying for a minimum, you know, of $2 million, $3 million, which with a 10 to 20% down, you know, you're talking about 240 to 360 grand easily as a down payment. So it's very, very substantial in order to, to do something like that. So I have to have a good deal of capital ready to deploy to do that. Um, the, the other asset class that I have personally become more and more interested in is farmland. And you see a lot of big names already doing this. Bill Gates is now one of the, the biggest, if not one of the biggest, farmland owners. See a lot of hedge fund managers and people like that going after farmland. Here in Minnesota, where I live, there's a lot of farmland all around. So um, I know nothing about farmland, quite honestly. Um, but I, I think what I love about it is really how truly passive it can be. You know, when I have all this other stuff going on and managing uh, all these other things, the, the farmland really appeals to me because I've seen clients do it on the financial planning side. Most often it's inherited farmland. And what they do is they lease it out to a local farmer. And the farmer takes care of everything. The clients aren't working the land and they just collect checks. And they're substantial 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, $120,000 that they get on an annual basis. And it is a contract that gets negotiated on a, uh, every few years. Um, so the, the amount that you get does differ. Um, but um, I love all they got to do is negotiate and sign the contract every so rarely often and collect the check. You know, it's, it's the most beautiful thing ever. Um, so I love the idea of farmland and uh, learning more about it. And certainly there's companies that offer to do it for you, um, but I always get back to get in it and do it yourself. And so I'm gonna follow my own advice and do that and um, look into, into that in the coming years. But really um, in the near term, my goal is to continue to grow these land businesses, continue to um, 
look into this self-storage with adding an office on top of it or with it or expanding an existing office on it. Um, and, and that's really where I want to go with my uh, financial experiments is really in, in the real estate field. Uh, we've had guests talk about a whole number of interesting things. This year we had someone come and talk about energy. We've had um, people come and talk about notes, investing in mortgage notes. We've had people on here um, talk about all kinds of different investments and things you can do. And so I'll continue to bring those guests on. Um, but I, I really believe that that, that quote-unquote passive stuff is really a um, danger for the future. And um, when you're handing over your, your money to someone like that, when you, you can't take it back over in these privately held partnerships where you're like a limited partner or, or not even that, just an investor. So I encourage you guys learn and look into those things. But um, if you can do it yourself, I think that's a wonderful, wonderful way to go. And that's it. That's the the end of this season. We're going to be, be taking a... Um, a couple of weeks break for the rest of, of um, February. And then sometime in March, I don't know if it's going to be the, the middle of March or the end of March, we'll get back into the, um, the brand new episodes of the new season and really dive much more into financial planning. And I'll be sharing some of my thoughts on the market and um, different strategies that I haven't been able to talk about to this point. So I'm really, really excited about it. Stay tuned. And more than anything, if you're getting something out of this podcast, it really would mean the world to me to hear from you and hear what you're thinking. How can I help you? What are topics, guests um, to talk about? Uh, I would love to have listeners on to talk about their financial journey, lessons learned along the way. Someone who's not a blogger, someone who's not selling a product, someone who's, who's just, just like me and you that has uh, has something they want to share with the world and lessons learned along the way and uh, what they're doing in their their portfolio and their their debt and their businesses and all that kind of stuff please feel free to email me dave at daviddeniston.com that's d-a-v-e at d-a-v-i-d d-e-n-n-i-s-t-o-n.com thank you so much and have a good one and remember, my friends, remember to slash your debt, slash your taxes, and live a liberated lifestyle. Thank you, my friends, so much for listening to the last podcast. I am pleased to announce that I am now a completely independent financial advisor, where to the point now, I can really integrate my financial planning practice with this podcast. If you might be looking for help, if you have found any of our information here interesting or relevant and you're looking for a second opinion, I'm making myself available for 30-minute strategy sessions. And if you want to arrange a time to meet with me to discuss your situation and see if we might be a good fit for one another, I'd like you to call our office and speak with Kyla. Our phone number is 612-284-2409. Again, that's 612-284-2409. And I look forward to helping you with your financial situation. And now for some lovely legal disclosures required by our lawyer friends. 
Investment advice is only offered in jurisdictions where Centurion Financial Strategies, LLC, Centurion is appropriately registered or exempt from registration. Our Form ADV Part 2 brochure can be obtained free of charge at advisorinfo.sec.gov by searching for our firm name or its unique CRD number, which is 316-454. This podcast is not a solicitation to provide advisory services in any jurisdiction in which we are not appropriately registered or excluded. The information, statements, and opinions contained in this podcast have been obtained from or are based on information obtained from sources which we believe to be reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of such information. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and should not be construed as personalized investment, tax, or legal advice. Opinions expressed by any guest are their own opinions and do not necessarily reflect the firm's views. You should carefully consider your own financial circumstances and needs prior to making any investment in securities or purchasing any insurance products. As always, past performance is not indicative of future results. Investing in securities or really anything else involves the risk of loss. If by some chance in this particular podcast, I mentioned insurance products, insurance products are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. It may be subject to restrictions, limitations, and early withdrawal fees, which vary by issue. You should always consider the charges, risks, expenses, and investment objective of any insurance products before entering a contract. And that, my friends, wraps it up. Wish you all the best. Feel free to contact us with any info at www.daviddeniston.com. Thank you so much and have a good one. Bye-bye.